0: Bible in the year 2024. This is such a perfect way to get into God's Word each day and to develop your own relationship with God our Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. I am your host, Angela, and want to first of all say that I am not an expert in theology or church history or a minister, and I never will claim to be. I am a wife and mother who has been reborn and want to be of service to God in gratitude for calling me back home. Welcome to the podcast. The Bible that I will be reading from is the One Year Bible. It is a New Living Translation, and you can find one at www.tendale.com. This episode is brought to you by the Move Forth brand. It encompasses freedom, health, and God's grace. We are created in God's image perfectly and fearfully and wonderfully. There is nothing that we need to do to earn his grace and his healing. He simply gives it to us. I am certified in health and life coaching, but no longer practice. However, I have health tips and resources, products that I love and use, homeschool tips and merchandise available on my website, and that is www.move-forth.com. One of my favorite products on my website and that I use each day are stem cell activation patches. Stem cell therapy can be very costly and can produce results that are short-lived, which is why these patches are so brilliant and they are not considered to be stem cell therapy. They actually activate our own body's production of stem cells and support our health and well-being. All while optimizing our immune system, you can absolutely check those out on my website as well to get more information on those. www.moveforth.com. Thank you for being here. Thank you for becoming less like you and more like Jesus. May you move forth with grace today. All right. Well, today is day 45. We are doing this. It is, you're doing an amazing job if this is doing something amazing, right? I mean, we are literally choosing to be in God's presence each day, and that is an absolutely amazing thing. So I'm glad that you are still here. We're going to be reading Exodus 37, 1 through 38, 31, Matthew 28, 1 through 20, Psalm 34, 11 through 22, and Proverbs 9, 9 through 10. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this time that we get to be in your presence doing that amazing thing, just simply being in your presence, Father, and we just pray that we can gain your wisdom and not rely on our own. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Exodus 37, 1 through 38, 31. Next, Bezalel made the ark of acacia wood, a sacred chest, 45 inches long, 27 inches wide and 27 inches high. He overlaid it inside and outside with pure gold, and he ran a molding of gold all around it. He cast four gold rings and attached them to its four feet, two rings on each side. Then he made poles from Akasha wood and overlaid them with gold. He inserted the poles into the rings at the sides of the ark to carry it. Then he made the ark's cover, the place of atonement, from pure gold. It was 45 inches long and 27 inches wide. He made two cherubim from hammered gold and placed them on the two ends of the atonement cover. He molded the cherubim on each end of the atonement cover, making it all of one piece of gold. The cherubim faced each other and looked down on the atonement cover. With their wings spread above it, they protected it. Then Bezalel made the table of Akasha wood, 36 inches long, 18 inches wide, and 27 inches high. He overlaid it with pure gold and ran a gold molding around the edge. He decorated it with a three-inch border all around, and he ran a gold molding along the border. Then he cast four gold rings for the table and attached them at the four corners next to the four legs. The rings were attached near the border to hold the poles that were used to carry the table. He made these poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with gold. Then he made special containers of pure gold for the table, bowls, ladles, jars, and pitchers to be used in pouring out liquid offerings. Then, Bezalel made the lampstand of pure hammered gold. He made the entire lampstand and its decorations of one piece, the base, center stem, lamp cups, buds, and petals. The lampstand had six branches going out from the center stem, three on each side. Each of the six branches had three lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. The center stem of the lampstand was crafted with four lamp cups shaped like almond blossoms, complete with buds and petals. There was an almond bud beneath each pair of branches where the six branches extended from the center stem, all made of one piece. The almond buds and branches were all of one piece with the center stem, and they were hammered from pure gold. He also made seven lamps for the lampstand, lamp snuffers, and trays, all of pure gold. The entire lampstand, along with its accessories, was made from 75 pounds of pure gold. Then Bezalel made the incense altar of Acacia Wood. It was 18 inches square and 36 inches high, with horns at the corners carved from the same piece of woods as the altar itself. He overlaid the top, sides, and horns of the altar with pure gold, and he ran gold molding around the entire altar. He made two gold rings and attached them on opposite sides of the altar below the gold molding to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles of Akasha wood and overlaid them with gold. Then he made the sacred anointing oil and the fragrant incense using the techniques of a skilled incense maker. Next, Bezalel used Akasha wood to construct the square altar of burnt offering. It was seven and a half feet wide, seven and a half feet long, and four and a half feet high. He made horns for each of its four corners so that the horns and altar were all one piece. He overlaid the altar with bronze. Then he made all the altar utensils of bronze the ash buckets, shovels, basins, meat forks, and fire pans. Next, he made a bronze grating and installed it halfway down the side of the altar under the ledge. He cast four rings and attached them to the corners of the bronze grating to hold the carrying poles. He made the poles from acacia wood and overlaid them with bronze. He inserted the poles through the rings on the sides of the altar. The altar was hollow and was made from planks. Bezalel made the bronze wash basin and his bronze stand from bronze mirrors donated by the women who served at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then Bezalel made the courtyard, which was enclosed with curtains made of finely woven linen. On the south side, the curtains were 150 feet long. They were held up by 20 posts set securely in 20 bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. He made a similar set of curtains for the north side, 150 feet of curtains held up by 20 posts set securely in bronze bases. He hung the curtains with silver hooks and rings. The curtains on the west end of the courtyard was 75 feet long, hung with silver hooks and rings, and supported by 10 posts set into 10 bases. The east end, the front, was also 75 feet long. The courtyard entrance was on the east end, flanked by two curtains. The curtain of the right side was 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. The curtain on the left side was also 22 and a half feet long and was supported by three posts set into three bases. All the curtains used in the courtyard were made of finely woven linen. Each post had a bronze base, and all the hooks and rings were silver. The tops of the posts of the courtyard were overlaid with silver, and the rings to hold up the curtains were made of silver. He made the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard of finely woven linen, and he decorated it with beautiful embroidery in blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It was 30 feet long, and its height was seven and a half feet, just like the curtains of the courtyard walls. It was supported by four posts, each set securely in its own bronze base. The tops of the posts were overlaid with silver, and the hooks and rings were also made of silver. All the tent pegs used in the tabernacle and courtyard were made of bronze. This is an inventory of the materials used in building the tabernacle of the covenant. The Levites compiled the figures as Moses directed, and Ithamar, son of Aaron, the priest, served as recorder. Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, made everything just as the Lord had commanded Moses. He was assisted by Aholiab, son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan, a craftsman expert at engraving, designing, and embroidering with blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth. The people brought special offerings of gold totaling 2,193 pounds, as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This gold was used throughout the tabernacle. The whole community of Israel gave 7,545 pounds of silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. This silver came from the tax collected from each man registered in the census. The tax is one becca, which is half a shekel, based on the sanctuary shekel. The tax was collected from 603,550 men who had reached their 20th birthday. The hundred bases for the frames of the sanctuary walls and for the posts supporting the inner curtain, required 7,500 pounds of silver, about 75 pounds for each base. The remaining 45 pounds of silver was used to make the hooks and rings and to overlay the tops of the posts. The people also brought as as special offerings 5,310 pounds of bronze, which was used for casting the bases for the posts at the entrance to the tabernacle and the bronze altar and its bronze grating and all all the altar utensils. Bronze was also used to make the bases for the posts that supported the curtains around the courtyard, the bases for the curtain at the entrance of the courtyard, and all the tent pegs for the tabernacle and the courtyard. Matthew 28, 1 through 20. Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the The other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy, and they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them, and they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. As the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. A meeting with the elders was called, and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, You must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews, and they still tell it today. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, "'I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth,' Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Psalm 34, 11 through 22. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His ears are open to their cries for help. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed, the righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous; not one of them is broken. Calamity will sure, will surely destroy the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. But the Lord will redeem those who serve Him. No one who takes refuge in Him will be condemned. Proverbs nine nine through ten, instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And that concludes our reading time for today. So I wanted to share with you a chart that is in um, my life application study Bible. And because we we are going over you know everything that's being built and talking about a lot of measurements and a lot of materials, and sometimes it can just kind of um, just just float past us, right? Um, and so I wanted to just uh, tell you about the key tabernacle pieces from this chart here and their function and significance. The Ark of the Covenant is a golden rectangular box that contained the Ten Commandments. It symbolized God's covenant with the people of Israel, and it's located in the most holy place. The atonement cover is the lid to the Ark of the Covenant, symbolized the presence of God among his people. The curtain. The curtain that divided the two sacred rooms of the tabernacle, the holy place and the most holy place. It symbolized how the people were separated from God because of sin. Table. A wooden table located in the holy holy place of the tabernacle, the bread of the presence and various utensils, were kept on this table. So there were 12 loaves um, in the bread of the presence and uh, they were placed as a food offering and they represented each of the tribes of Israel. And then the bread of the presence, yes, is the 12 loaves um, and it symbolized the spiritual nourishment God offers his people. Lampstand and lamps a gold lampstand that was located in the holy place and held seven burning oil lamps. The lampstand lit the holy place for the priests. Incense altar, an altar in the holy place in front of the curtain used for burning God's special incense and symbolic of acceptable prayer. Anointing oil, a special oil, oil used to anoint the priests and all the pieces of the tabernacle. A sign of being set apart for God. Altar of burnt offering the bronze altar outside the tabernacle used for the sacrifices. It symbolized how sacrifice restored one's relationship with God and the wash basin, a large wash basin outside the tabernacle used by the priest to cleanse themselves before performing their duties. It symbolized the need for spiritual cleansing. And as we've seen, God instructed them that if they don't do this, that they will die. So this was very important. Uh, in was even still an important part when Jesus um, was walking this earth as well with the uh, religious leaders of the time. It was very important that people wash their hands and feet, and Jesus challenged that with his teachings. Okay, so coming over to Matthew, our question in the companion today is, why is Jesus's resurrection the key to the Christian faith? The resurrection is the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, Psalm sixteen ten, and of Jesus's own statements in Matthew twenty nineteen and John ten eighteen. While there is no record of his having been seen by non-believers, it attested to it. It attested to in a variety of ways. One by the eleven apostles in Acts one three, and thus proved to them in many ways that it was really He Himself. Two, by the Apostle Paul in Acts 9 3 through 8, 1 Corinthians 15 8, and Galatians 1 12, and then by the 500 Christian brothers, 1 Corinthians 15 6, and four, by Thomas the Doubter, who had to see for himself in John 20 24 through 29. According to Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, the Christian faith stands. Or falls on the bodily resurrection of Jesus, for it guarantees that, one, Jesus was truly the Son of God, two, God the Father accepted what Jesus did at Calvary on the basis of the resurrection, three, the risen Christ pleads for his people before the Father, and four, believers have the hope of eternal life, and five, believers will also rise and have resurrected bodies like that of Jesus, and this is all throughout um, the New Testament. So um, you can find that he was truly the son of God in Romans 1.4, uh, that God the Father accepted what Jesus did. That's Romans 4.25. The risen Christ pleads for the people before the Father, Romans 8.34. And then that the believers have the hope of eternal life, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5 And then the believers will also rise and have resurrected bodies, like Jesus's and that's first Corinthians 15 49 Philippians 321 and first John 3 2 so there are many places in the Bible many verses in the Bible um that that express this that the Jesus's re- resurrection is the key so as we continue in the in the New Testament we will um continue to see see that uh, revealed to us. And so we did finish, uh, let's see. We did finish Matthew today. So uh, we finished with the Great Commission. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so, as we see in 19 here, in verse 19, Jesus' words affirm the reality of the Trinity. The the actual word is not used in the Bible. Uh, Some people accuse the allusions of making up the concept of the Trinity and reading it into scripture. But as we see here, the concept comes directly from Jesus himself. He did not say to baptize people in the names, but rather in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The word Trinity does not occur in the scripture, but it well describes the three-in-one nature of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I thought that that was um, just interesting to note as well. And then over in Psalm today, uh, 34, verse 20 actually is a prophecy about Jesus on the cross. And it is, for the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. So typically, uh, the, anyone that was crucified, in order to speed up the process um, of, of their death, uh, their legs would be broken. And Jesus actually died. On the cross, and so uh, he did not have to have his legs broken uh, for for that to be sped up, for that process to be sped up. So the Lord protects the bones of the righteous; not one of them is broken. And so that is a prophecy for that. Let's go ahead and end with our prayer today. Dear Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that we get to learn about. We get to uh, listen to and read your wisdom. And we become wiser and wiser like, through your wisdom, not through our own. Our lives begin to change because we, through Christ, we, we no longer look at things the same way. Uh, we, we, we can no longer operate from the old self We are a new creation in Christ, and we just thank you for for sending him for us to save us. Thank you for sending Jesus, Father, your own son. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior, that we get to be washed clean, that we get to um, go on this sanctification process, this journey with you, and that We get to choose to die to our old self each day. I know that that might not sound um, like a good thing, but Father, it really truly is such a good thing for us to put our old self behind us and to be the new creation in Christ, Father. So we just thank you for that opportunity to grow with you in this life. We say this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that concludes our episode for today. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to being with you in the next episode. Take care.